0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Daily Delights podcast. This is your host, Chef Kristen. As we come to a close in Black History Month, I've decided to celebrate Marvel's Black Panther movie. So this movie is breaking all types of barriers, stereotypes, um, records, literally. Uh, This movie has only been out. It's been out um, two weeks now. It'll be two weeks on Thursday, I think. The movie has already grossed over $700 million total. And again, this is just the second week. In the first week, obviously being last week, it grossed over $300 million. It also features a predominantly African-American cast with an African-American director. So if you follow the... Black Panther series whether you read the comic books or you went and saw the movie or both then you know that the Black Panther is from Wakanda. So Wakanda is definitely a fictitious place however there's been an ongoing joke um on social media where people are saying like hey I'm moving to Wakanda I'm going to visit Wakanda like we're going to Wakanda um I think it was Delta Airlines and Atlanta even kind of got in on the joke and kind of posted on their board, like, hey, we have flights to Wakanda, and had a whole, like, thread going on there t- um, on Twitter where they, you know, had celebrities, Lupita Youngo from the movie, who was an actress, even joined in, you know, they were making jokes about it, so long story short, if we were to Look at um the features geographically from the movie, as well as kind of bringing it to where it would be if it were to exist in real life. It would actually be recognized as the point where Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, and the South Sudan meet, which is better known as the Alemi triangle. now lemi is spelled i l e m i um and with that being said, I've decided to feature recipes and dishes from each region in today's episode also a little later in the episode I'll actually also be featuring two female african-american chefs who definitely are not as well known as one would think um they're definitely something to aspire to somewhat some people to be intrigued by um one chef in particular her resume is just extraordinary to me um she broke a lot of records and barriers as well um so we'll get into that a little later but just kind of as a precursor please forgive me if i mispronounce any of these words incorrectly definitely mean no disrespect um i'm not familiar with what dialogue i'm supposed uh, not dialogue dialect i'm sorry that i'm supposed to use or um how to pronounce the words correctly however i will give you the spelling If you um, are from these regions or it's your ethnicity or your background and you know how to properly pronounce the words, feel free to call into the station. Let me know how to pronounce it correctly. I definitely um, would rather pronounce it correctly than incorrectly. So moving on. Uganda is the first region that we'll be looking at and the dish featured from Uganda is a chicken stew. Now Uganda is in the eastern region of Africa so the recipe for the Ugandan chicken stew is as follows. You will need one fryer chicken, cut and chopped. You will need four tablespoons of oil, one large sliced and diced onion. You will need two to three tomatoes that have been peeled, cut and sliced into ace. You will need two potatoes sliced and peeled as well. You will need one teaspoon of salt and a half teaspoon of pepper. So you're gonna need, for the first step, you're gonna saute chicken pieces, your chicken pieces in the hot oil until they're golden brown. Then you're gonna add your onions, tomatoes, potatoes, salt, pepper, and enough water to cover the ingredients. Then you're going to cover the pan and simmer until the chicken is cooked. And that takes about 45 minutes to one hour. So what I found interesting about this recipe is that once you kind of get it going, you've done your prep, literally it's almost the equivalent as to cooking with a crock pot where you can kind of just throw everything in the pot, let it cook itself. It's kind of the same theory here. So I found that pretty interesting. Um, When you kind of think in terms of, I guess, the technology of Wakanda um, and how in Uganda they were already using, I guess, the theory of a crock pot without even having crock pots. So that was amazing to me. Moving on to Kenya, the recipe featured is Sukuma Wiki, that is spelled S U k-u-m-a one word wiki being the second word w-i-k-i sakuma wiki this is also an east african recipe it's actually greens that are simmered with tomatoes and it's actually swahili for a stretch of the week this dish in, um is traditionally served in kenya with ugali which is spelled u-g-a-l-i and some uh some sort of roasted meat or fish So for this recipe, you're going to need three tablespoons of oil, one large onion that has been chopped. You're going to need um, two pounds of de-stemmed and finely chopped either kale greens or collard greens. You're going to need two cups of tomatoes that have been chopped, one cup of either water or chicken stock, whatever your preference. And then you're going to use salt and pepper, you know, just kind of add it in to taste. So step one being you're going to heat the oil over medium to high heat, add the onions and saute them. And then you're going to add the greens and add them in as batches, small batches. And then you're going to saute each batch of greens until they're wilted. Next, you're going to add the tomatoes, the water or the stock, whatever your preference was, and the salt and pepper to to taste. You're going to bring it to a boil and then you're going to reduce the heat to low and let it simmer until the greens are very tender, which is going to only take about 20 to 30 minutes. So it only takes about 20 to 30 mi- minutes because remember, you're adding small batches of greens and once you add those greens in small batches, you're actually cooking them down a little bit until they start to wilt. So that takes out a lot of the cooking time as well. And what I found interesting about this recipe is is very very similar to um african americans and our soul food or southern cuisine um you can have many different variations as to how your greens are cooked and even as to what green type of greens you use here um in the u.s and in the african-american community um but much like soul food with this sakuma wiki it also has different variations some people add uh chili peppers to kind of give it a kick some people um use meat just like here in the states um usually it's predominantly some sort of pork um product but in kenya they use either goat or beef and then also um in kenya this recipe even calls at times to be um thickened just a bit so i found that pretty interesting that as african-americans a lot of times we think that we've lost our legacy our heritage um our history and um that connection to our roots and it's just interesting to me to see that how although we think we've lost so much we haven't lost at all and it's interesting as a chef to see that um the way we've chosen to kind of keep some of the history and heritage alive is through cooking, through food. Um, something that we need to, to sustain us and something that almost everyone likes to enjoy anyway. So um, that was definitely interesting and enlightening to me. So in Ethiopia, which is our next area, I fe- decided to feature their national dish, which is Darawat that is spelled D O R O one word. The second word is W A T. And that um what it is is actually a spicy Ethiopian chicken stew. And it's traditionally served with authentic injera, which is spelled I N J E R A, which is an Ethiopian flatbread. So if you try this dish and you like it, Try, um, Sagawat, which is S-E-G-A, one word, the next word being spelled W-A-T, which is just as infamous, it's just not their national dish, and it's a spicy beef stew. And then, just to kind of give you a heads up, in comparison to the last couple of recipes given this episode, this is definitely the more labor-intensive and, um, time-consuming recipe as of yet. So, for this recipe, you're going to need two and a half to three pounds of chicken thighs that have been cut in one inch pieces. Or you're gonna, if you prefer to use chicken breasts, you can use three chicken breasts and cut them into half-inch pieces. You're gonna need two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, two tablespoons of kaba. It's spelled N-I-T-E-R. First word. Second word is k-i-b-b-e-h, which is which is an Ethiopian spiced butter. Um, or you can use regular butter. You're gonna need two tablespoons of olive oil, three cups of yellow onions that have been finely minced, and then turn into a chunky puree. Then you're going to need an additional three tablespoons of regular butter. Um, or if you have the nita kaba, you're going to need an additional three tablespoons of regular butter nonetheless. You're going to need one tablespoon of minced garlic, one tablespoon of minced ginger, one-fourth cup of burre or burbre. It's spelled B-E-R-B-E-R-E, which is an Ethiopian spice blend. You're going to need one and a half teaspoons of salt, one-fourth cup of tea, which is spelled T-E-J, which is a honey wine. I've been told that if you do not have the tea, you can use um, one-fourth cup of wine, white wine, and then add in one teaspoon of honey, which is about as closest you're gonna get and to authentic tat without actually purchasing it if you aren't sure where to purchase it or don't have any um, you're gonna need one cup of chicken stock four hard-boiled eggs and once you've um, boiled the eggs taking the shells off you're gonna take a fork and just kind of pierce the eggs all over um, at about one-fourth of an inch deep So your first step is that you're going to place the chicken pieces in a bowl and pour lemon juice over it and let it sit at room temperature for about 30 minutes. Then you're going to heat the nette krabbe or the butter along with the olive oil in a Dutch oven. Then you want to add onions and saute the onions and then cover the dish over low heat for about 45 minutes, stirring it occasionally. Next, you're gonna add the garlic, ginger, and one tablespoon of butter, and continue to sauté everything. Cover the dish, and and for about another twenty minutes, and continue to stir it occasionally. Next, you're gonna add the burr bur, the berber, and the two remaining tablespoons of butter. Sauté those, cover it again over a low heat for about another thirty minutes, continuing to stir it occasionally. Next, you're going to add the chicken, your broth, your salt, your wine, and bring it to a boil. Then, what you want to do is reduce the heat to low, cover it, and simmer for 45 minutes while stirring occasionally. Next, this is your time to adjust your seasonings, adding more berber according to your heat preference. Um, if you're good with it, leave it alone. If you want more heat, then add more berber. Then you're going to add the hard boiled eggs and simmer on low heat, covered for about 15 minutes. Your last and final step is you want to take the eggs and cut them in half or quarter the eggs and arrange them on the plate with the stew. Next, moving on to the South Sudan, I've decided to give um, two recipes because they're very simplistic. And less time-consuming. So the first being the Sudanese yogurt and tahini dip. It literally is exactly the way it sounds. You're gonna need two-thirds cup of tahini, which is a sesame seed pla- paste. If you cannot find it in your grocery, your local uh, market in the international food aisle, or if they don't have an international food aisle, then go to a international food market. It's definitely gonna be there. Um, it's delicious, actually. You're next going to need 2 thirds cup of plain non-fat yogurt, you're going to need 3 cloves of minced garlic, the juice of 2 lemons, you're going to need 2 tablespoons of fresh chopped parsley, and then salt and pepper to taste. So your first step is going to be mix the garlic, the salt, pepper, and the tahini together until it's smooth. Then you're going to add yogurt and lemon juice together. And then you're going to just add just a tad bit at a time and mix it together well until it becomes thick and creamy. And then your third and final step is you sprinkle it with your parsley and then you serve it with veggie and warm pita bread. The next dish is called Bishbosa, which is spelled B-I-S-H-B-O-S-A. It is actually the alternative. The alternative to um, traditional, I guess, cakes, when you think of a traditional cake. But this is a traditional Sudanese uh, recipe for cakes. So you're going to need two cups of semolina, coarse semolina, which is in the wheat family. You're going to need one and a half cups of caster sugar, which is super fine sugar. The packaging may say caster sugar, it may say super fine, but it's literally the same thing. You're going to need 500 milliliters or 2.1 cups of yogurt you're going to need a half cup of desiccated coconut so desiccated coconut is um, coconut meat that has been shredded or flaked and then dried to remove as much moisture as possible if you can't find any um, then just go ahead and use dried coconut instead there's a difference but the dried coconut is definitely suitable for the recipe you're going to need three tablespoons of butter, one teaspoon of baking soda, two cups of water, one teaspoon of lemon juice, and your directions are as follows. So you're going to cream together your semolina and your butter. Then you're going to mix your yogurt, one cup of sugar, coconut, and baking soda. Then you're going to uh, mix that all together and pour the mixture into a deep baking tray. So whatever you're cooking, you cake pan is you're gonna put it in the cake pan and then you're gonna cook it at 350 degrees for about 23 to 25 minutes next in another pan you want to dissolve a half cup of the sugar into two cups of boiling water and lemon juice then you want to um, boil that mixture together until it slightly starts to thicken once your cake has cooled down you want to actually pour that mixture over the cooled cake and then your last but not least You can let, once the icing cools down, go ahead and slice the cake and enjoy it. So next, moving on to our two African-American female um, chefs that I feel as though are deserving of a spotlight would be Chef Edna Lewis and Chef Khalees, which Khalees is definitely who you think of when you think of the name Khalees, you know, The singer-songwriter, My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard, Married to Nas, that very same Khalees, yes, she is a legitimate chef. So, starting with Edna Lewis, she was born April 13th, 1916, and she passed on February the 13th, 2006. She was a chef and author best known for her books and the traditional Southern cuisine. Uh, she also was the head chef for Cafe Nicholson, which was a cafe or restaurant in New York City. For years, she was, um, her awards or resume or accolades are as follows. She was named Who's Who in American Cooking by Cooks Magazine in 1986, she also received the Lifetime Achievement Award by the International which was given to her by the International Association of Culinary Professionals in 1990. She also won the very first James Beard Living Legend Living Legend Award in 1995. That alone is impressive. I I could just get that on my resume. I would be a-okay for a while I'll be pretty content for a while um for those of you who don't know James a James Beard award is like the top awards that you can get in the states um it's equivalent to and some people don't even feel as though it's the equivalent but it's pretty much the equivalent to a Michelin star over in um Europe So, she was literally given the very first James Beard Living Legend Award in 1995. She was also named Grand Grand Dame by the Les Dames Dames d'Escoffier, which is an international organization of female culinary professionals. And she was given such award in 1999. She was also inducted into the KitchenAid Cookbook Hall of Fame in 2003. Named the... The Gift of Southern Cooking, she was nominated for yet another James Beard Award and another International Association of Culinary Professionals Award in 2004. So she didn't win the awards. However, she was nominated once again, nonetheless. Uh, She was um, honored as an African-American trailblazer in Virginia, Um, at the Library of Virginia in 2009. And then last but not least, she was honored by receiving a creation of a postal stamp in her image in 2014. So moving on to Khalees, she was born August 21st, 1979, and she started her career as a singer and songwriter. Um, Most people don't know that between 2006 and 2010, she actually trained as a saucier. She eventually graduated from the infamous Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School, and um, I myself have been watching her career very closely, and I've been impressed and intrigued with her culinary career and her growth. Um, but in 2006, she wrote a cookbook with Lauren Passavento. It's spelled her name is spelled. Lauren LAUREN Pesavento is P E S A V E N T O um who actually her resume is pretty extensive as well um she's worked with a number of award-winning chefs um either helping them co-write their cookbooks or editing their cookbooks um so again that's another notch on Kalisa's belt 2006 she actually wrote a cookbook with Lauren Um, Which, like I said, that just to be able to have that opportunity is pretty amazing. Um, In 2013, she debuted her first uh, sauce line, which she entitled Feast, which she also gave a new name when she re released it to um, in general sale to the general public in 2015 under the name of Bounty in Full. In 2014, she starred in a cooking channel TV cooking series. Um, Entitled Saucy and Sweet. And then that same year, she set up a food truck for the attendees of the infamous South by Southwest Festival. Yet another um, wonderful opportunity that she took, I guess, took advantage of, literally. Um, She released her own cookbook in September of 2015, entitled My Life on a Plate. And basically, kind of to Follow her or catch a glimpse of her culinary arts journey. Check her out on Instagram. Um, her page is under the name at Bounty and Full that is written as one word. It's B-O-U-N-T-Y-A-N-D-F-U-L-L. Or you can go on her website, purchase, um, purchase her products, look at what she does. Um, I know she does a lot of uh, private dinners as well. Um, she does a lot of touring and um, seminars. Um, you can find some of that information as well on the website, which is Um, I hope that this, today's episode has given you some insight, some inspiration, some aspirations. Um, I just want to say thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for my new listeners. Thank you for my loyal listeners. Um, you all can feel free to listen on the web at anchor.fm slash chef hyphen Kristen, Kristen, that is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash C-H-E-F hyphen K-H-R-Y-S-T-Y-N or tune in on any um, podcast platform under the name Daily Delights. If you um, are a, or subscribe to any other podcast, Feel free to subscribe to us if you'd like to take a listen to any more of our website, uh, any more of our episodes. I'm sorry, or hear any more um, of our future, or hear some of our future episodes. Feel free to subscribe again. The name is Our Daily. I'm sorry, Daily Delights is the podcast name, podcast title. Feel free to share with your family, your friends, coworkers, foodies, chefs. Um, People you come across with, whoever, share the podcast in its entirety. Share the podcast with um, just its episodes, whatever you choose. Just go ahead and share it. I appreciate it. Definitely tune in each and every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when we release our new um, episodes. I hope you all have a great week. Love to speak with you all. Next week, again, tune in. 5 30 p.m eastern time on tuesdays have a great week guys